Peter, and welcome to the Oxano Podcast. Oxano is a worship service for college students and young adults that takes place weekly during the school year at Dawson Family of Faith. If you're ever in Birmingham, Alabama on a Tuesday night, we hope you'll join us as we worship through song, prayer, and the Word. Thanks for listening. So tonight's scripture reading is in Psalms 1. Blessed is the man whose walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the ways of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chafe in the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the ways of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Well, y'all, it's good to be back together again, like everybody else has said that's come up here, um, to be back after eight, nine-ish weeks apart. And for us to be able to come together and for us to be able to consider God's word together. Uh, Tonight we kick off three weeks as we go through and as we look at some of the Psalms together. This is a recurring series in kind of the life of this service, the beginning of every spring. We go through and we return our attention to three of the Psalms. Why? Well, y'all, it's one of those things that the Psalms are probably the most popular book in all of the Bible, but we don't just do things because they're popular, right? You know, we we don't want to be too mainstream. But we go through, and when we look at these, it's because so much of it resonates with us where we're at. It connects immediately to where you all are in this particular season of life. And we believe that all Scripture can do that, but it can be more easily seen often when we do it and we look at it in the Psalms. But not just because it resonates with where we're already at, but the reason why we're going to be considering it together is because it also shapes and forms us. It helps us to think rightly, to feel rightly, to live rightly as we follow in the way of Jesus. And yes, I didn't misspeak because this is from the Old Testament, but it is helping us to walk in the ways of the resurrected Jesus. And so as we come together tonight, as we look at Psalm 1, we're going to follow along here in just a moment with what Austin already read for us. But y'all, I mean, it's been a while since we've been together. A lot's happened. All the holidays. I hope everybody had a good old time. We absolutely love Christmas time. Our five-year-old Thomas, he's just through the roof about Christmas this year. Just all of the excitement, all of the activities. You know, Mama, Dad, Dad, what are our traditions? You know, and just wants to have those kind of traditions. Like, well, we'll figure them out together, son. We don't know what they are. But one of the things he absolutely loves is a Christmas carol. Charles Dickens, you know, a Muppet Christmas Carol is kind of the favorite around our house. Anybody Muppet Christmas Carol people? Yeah, yeah y'all probably had watched the Jim Carrey one a lot growing up, different things like that, right? But you have the different renditions of Christmas Carol, but we actually went to Samford and we saw Samford's Christmas Carol. And so, Maddie, you were in it. Like, I mean, it was so much fun. And we took Thomas and that was Thomas's first big boy play or like big boy musical. And so we were kind of a little nervous about how it was gonna go. Uh, But we go there and you know, it has the little rickety seat that you go over in the right center and he's not heavy enough to be able to, I mean, so it was just like a seesaw and we were just, oh my gosh. And then we go through and he just does not have like a whisper voice very well. And so we go through, the lights start to dim, the music starts to play from the orchestra and he leans over to us and says, is it about to start? And we're just like, Yes, buddy, it, it, it's about to start. Let's use our inside voice. 
voices, okay? Inside voices, okay? And then I was talking about it with Becca this afternoon as we were just kind of reliving all of that. And she's like, do you remember when he said, when's Tiny Tim going to die? And we're just like, I don't think we're going to see that, okay? But uh, it's okay, everybody. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then the fire alarm went off and we had to leave early. I mean, it was just a memorable night. Uh, he did not pull it. He did not pull it, okay? So just let the record show. He did not pull the right center fire alarm. But as we're going through, like, it's really interesting. Like, if you, some of our musical theater folks, some of our music folks, as you're going through, like, at the beginning of these musicals, as you're going to the beginnings of these plays, what happens at the very beginning is the overture plays is that it's laying out a lot of the musical themes that are going to reprise at different points all throughout, it's kind of setting the stage for you as you are being prepared to see what is coming later. And what we see with Psalm 1 is like the overture to the songbook of the Bible. And what we're seeing right here is with its placement at the very beginning, it is headlining for us. It is a billboard for us. It is a musical overture letting us know that these are the things that are gonna be coming up again and again as you read the Psalms. These are the themes that you're going to notice again and again. And this is how you can best profit from your time in the Psalms. So as we see in Psalm 1, it bobs and it weaves. It's poetic and filled with parallelisms. There's rich imagery it's calling people together. It is dividing people apart. But also we can see that it is pointing to Christ, even in the Old Testament. And so let's look first at verses one and two, where we can see the blessed one. The blessed one in verses one to two. Follow along. Scripture says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinner, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. When we reflect on these two verses about being blessed, we see that there are three things that the blessed one avoids and two things that the blessed one embraces. So what are the three things that the blessed one avoids? Well, the first one is they do not walk in the counsel of the wicked. The second thing is they don't stand in the way of sinners. And the third way is they don't sit in the seat of scoffers. And as we're looking at this, there is a downward spiral. There is an incremental stepping towards more and more wickedness. Because many commentators, as they reflect on this verse, one of the things that they note is that it is getting more and more comfortable with sin. Do you see the progression as you look closely at God's word? Blessed is the person who does not walk. But then you go from walking to where you stop walking. You're just kind of standing. You're lingering a little bit. And then finally it gets to the point where you pull out a chair and you have a seat at the table and you actually join in. That this is often how that we progress in what the scriptures would call wickedness. And that's not a word that gets used around a lot today, but we don't need to be afraid of using biblical words in biblical ways. 
as we come through, that there is this progression of one who is following the way of the non-blessed, of the person that is walking in the counsel of the wicked, listening to what people have to say that don't follow God, standing in the way of sinners, lingering, being able to consider more closely the things that are being said, and then sitting at the seat of scoffers, actually joining in being antagonistic towards those who are blessed and who are following God. These are the three things that the blessed one avoids, but then there are the two things that the blessed one embraces. And do you see those? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And that word in Hebrew, it's Torah. And it can be talking about the law in the terms of the first five books, but it's also a shorthand for the word of God, the instruction of God to his people. And so blessed is the one who delights in the word of God, in the instruction that God has given to us. And on his word, he meditates day and night. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I can't veil it. Typically, sometimes I try to save it for the end, like a big reveal, but I can't with this right here. Because the only true blessed one who did not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers was Jesus Christ himself. And who delighted in the word of God and who meditated on it day and night. Every single one of us in human history and to this very day are going the way of the non-blessed, and he is the only one who was able to walk in a way that was pleasing to the Heavenly Father. And so we can't understand, like that we could try to, okay, well, I'm just not gonna do this. I'm not gonna walk in the way of sinners. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna delight in the God's law. I'm gonna really love it. I'm gonna even make up more rules to help me be able to follow it. Does that sound like the Pharisees a little bit? But doing it apart from the person and work of Christ, we're gonna be going the way of the non-blessed. The only way that we can have the blessed life is being hidden in Christ, the, the true blessed one. It's in him that true blessedness is found. And when we're in Christ, then we can live the blessed life. When we're in him, then we can start to take Psalm 1 and not just as a way for me to stand up here and say, do better, stop sinning. But Christ, the sinless one, died for you and your sin died with him on the cross. And when he rose again to new life, he now gives that life and light and righteousness to you. Now walk in it. That we see this in Colossians chapter three, verse three, it's gonna be up on the screens. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This is where true blessedness is found. And you know, I'm not talking about the hashtag blessed kind of thing, right? You know, that you're going through sometimes. It's, we look to a lot of these external markers for what blessedness is. I remember one time I was going through somebody's big old house. And, you know, it was one of those, it was like for an engagement party or something for somebody else. And I was like, man, this, this 
place is beautiful. Like it's like a museum and all that kind of stuff. And I was talking with a person that owned the house, and I was like, "Man, this is just a wonderful house." And like, well, you know, it, it, we're just truly blessed. And I was like, it, that just kind of becomes one of the southern things that we say when we follow Jesus and when we have nice things, right? We're oh, just really blessed. Like, That's not the kind of blessedness that we're talking about right here. That the kind of blessedness that we're talking about right here comes, true blessedness comes from living a life that is at peace with God and has a secure future. And it is not contingent upon anything else that could be stripped away or destroyed. That true blessedness comes from being in Christ, dying to yourself and living life in him. Christ has fulfilled this way of living and now enables us to be able to walk in this way after him. Christ has fulfilled this, and now we should walk and follow him. Right? You, it comes across in our language sometimes as we're talking, right? That we are followers of Jesus. That's part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus is that we are following him. We're trying to live out words like 1 John 2, 6. Whoever says that he abides in him Whoever says that he is in Christ and Christ is in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. It's not as if just, okay, well, Jesus is my representative. Now I can go do whatever I want. But it's now that he has adopted us into this family. Now that he has called us his own. Now we have family responsibility and we are trying to walk in that name that has been given to us. That we should seek to walk in the same way in which he walked. In Christ, he fulfilled this blessed way and we should avoid the incremental spiral of sin. It's kind of like what Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse two, in that very well-known passage, where he says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I know that passage, I mean, it's like ripe for like youth group retreat, you know, kind of things, transformed, you know. Like you just be transformed in the renewing of your mind. That you probably have heard that if you grew up in church, if you've been a church kid, that kind of stuff. But I don't want our familiarity with it to numb us to the reality that is available to us. That there is this charge do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love the way Eugene Peterson, the Presbyterian pastor who's gone to be with the Lord now, he's the one who paraphrased the message, uh, if you guys have ever used the message to supplement your Bible reading. And he, the way that he paraphrased this verse is he says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. that a lot of times, whether we realize it or not, the world and its ways and its systems and the people that inhabit it are trying to squeeze us into a certain mold. And that can be antithetical to the way of Christ. And we see that here in Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2. That there is counsel of the wicked. There is a way of sinners and there is a seat of scoffers. 
And we must be on guard against this. And I have to ask, are you aware of the ways that you are being conformed to the world? Are you aware of the ways that you are being squeezed into its mold? What does it look like to walk in the counsel of the wicked? Well, listening to the advice of the ungodly. Looking to people who do not follow the Lord or who walk in his ways and trying to get direction, trying to get a path, trying to figure out how to handle this and that situation as we are going through this life. And you know, I, I want to say this with a tremendous amount of love and understanding. But I see so often like in my own friends' lives, and in the lives of the people that I've had the privilege to minister to over the years, of when we start to go looking to our celebrities, whether they're musical artists, whether they're athletes, whether they're influencers on social media, whether or not they are at the top of their field, businessmen, they've made a lot of money investing, that whatever we define as success or laudable, but who do not follow the Lord, and then we start to look to them to tell us how to think or how to view or how to walk. And then also just with the things that we consume, that the things that we listen to, the things that we watch, the conversations that we have, the people that we surround ourselves with. I'm, I'm not saying that you need to go and like I did at one point in youth group growing up and that your youth group had a CD burning. And it's not like where you're duplicating CDs, but like a bonfire where everybody threw in their CDs at youth camp, right? I know everybody just streams and that's so foreign to everybody today. I'm old. But going through, right? Not saying that we need to take things to that level, but we do need to think about what ways are the things that we're listening to the people that we're looking to, the things that we're watching, how are they trying to conform us to a way of life and a way of walking in this world that is anti-following the blessed way of Christ? That we have to consider this and to avoid these things, to walk not in this way, not to stand in this way and not to pull out a chair, get cozy and sit down in this way but rather for our delight to be in God's word and on this word to meditate day and night. And that God's word, as it says in John 17, 17, this is the words of Jesus. He, as he's praying in his high priestly prayer to God the Father, he's praying for the believers then and he's by extension praying for believers in every generation after up until today, praying for you. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify, make them holy. Make them separate. Make them set apart. Make them fit for service in this particular way. And how is he going to do that? He's going to do it through his word. It's by delighting in God's word, by being in God's word, and God's word being in you. So I want you to I want you to see this. You don't have to discover where true happiness is. 
You don't have to discover where true blessedness is. You can just merely delight in it. You don't have to discover where true happiness is. You can delight in it. Well, what does it mean to delight? You know, it's, it was really interesting. We were doing our family devotion last week and Becca, she got this awesome new book for us to be able to walk through around the breakfast table in the mornings. And as we're going through, uh, we were in Psalm 1 and I was like, score, preaching on that next week. And so we're going through and talking and it's one of those things of having a young child and we just start using a lot of these words and phrases and then all it takes is a young kid to be like, hey, what does respect mean? And we're just like, that's a good question there, Thomas. I don't know. Let me try to come up with a way to define the concept of respect. Um, But we go through and the book was doing that for us. And the question it said was this, what does it mean to delight in God's word. And usually it's in those times when I'm having to try to define something that I'm going through and I'm trying to come up with all these big words or these other phrases to try to cover up me not being able to say it succinctly and clearly, right? You know what I'm saying? But I love the way that this children's devotional gave mom and dad a help. And hopefully it'll be a help in a similar way to you. To help your children understand the word delight Ask them what they think it means to delight in ice cream. That perked Thomas's ears up real quick. Because that joker loves going over to Edgewood Creamery and getting some of that ice cream over there. C is for cookie, right? You know, the blue stuff keeps your mouth all over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, that got people going. All right. It's good enough for me. We go through to delight in ice cream. To delight in ice cream means that you need to eat it up to love its flavor and wish you could have some more and then tell others about it. To delight in ice cream means that you need to eat it up to love its flavor, to wish that you could have some more and then tell other people about it. And I was like, oh, that we would delight in God's word in that way. That we would eat it up and that we would enjoy it, that we would savor it, and that we would long to be able to have some more because of our enjoyment, and then be able to tell other people about what we have experienced and what we have seen. And y'all, I'm gonna tell you, sometimes we need help in order to to be able to delight. Sometimes it can be really hard to be able to do that on our own. It's like sometimes if you were just getting into coffee, right? If some of y'all, coffee drinkers, non-coffee drinkers, you know, some of you don't drink coffee, we'll pray for you. It's okay. Safe place. Uh, But as we're going through, the time will come. Trust me, you will get tired. And so we're going through. And if you're like, I can't tell the difference between like, Gas station Folgers coffee and going over here to seeds. Right? Oh, there's a world of difference, just let me tell you. Okay. But you're going over there and when you're first trying it, you're just like, man, I can't really 
tell a difference. I mean, I, yeah, I guess this is good. Yum. Mm, right? But when we're going through, there's a lot of times that if we have somebody who's been drinking coffee for a while, who's able to show us like, okay, well, when you grind the beans this way or this far out in advance, and when you do this ratio, and if you already buy the pre-ground beans or if you buy the whole beans and you grind them at home, you use the grinder or you use a crusher, you do these different kinds of things, you measure it out, you do the pour over method, you do the drip coffee method, you have the Chemex and you're one of those, right? That you're going through, there are all these different ways to be able to drink this coffee, and do you notice like the fruity undertones of the coffee and they're just really reading the label, you know, that they brewed and they can't really taste it, nobody can. And the hint of chocolate that's in here and oh, I am just so loving the full-bodied coffee that we are partaking of together and all this other kind of stuff. And over time you're like, yeah, okay. And sometimes that might be forced. Sometimes it might be overstated. Sometimes it might be just a bit much. But over time, sometimes other people, and they're enjoying something and noticing things, turning around and being able to do that with others, are able to help increase our enjoyment, are able to help change our taste, are able to... Help us have a heightened sensitivity that can actually help us enjoy something more. And this is why we need each other. And that this is not a solo venture, but that we can lean on one another to be able to help each other delight. And that's one of the reasons why we do village the way that we do them. When we come together and we just simply let the word do the work, we surround it, we read it, and we talk about it, and we enjoy God's word together. And maybe there's a week, a day, a night that I am not feeling it and I need to see that my brother or sister over here is feeling it. And I need them to help me increase my delight in God's and in his word. That we can help each other delight in it, but we can't delight in something that we're not taking part of. We can't delight something that we are not actively engaged with. And, you know, this is something that, you know, I've just been so desiring for me and my personal walk with the Lord and in the, in the life of my family. There are so many other things that we could be doing. And, y'all, there are so many other messages that we are being bombarded with day after day after day. Right? Anytime you pull up a YouTube video, what do you get? Ad. You're scrolling through your feed. What do you get? Ad. Right? You're just trying to click through your stories, ad, trying to get, I mean, just going, driving down the road, billboard, ad, billboard, ad, right here, Alexander Shunra. You know, we're going through. It is all over the place that we're being bombarded with messages. And why? Because attention, your attention is a commodity. People want your attention. Companies and algorithms want your attention. And for us, what if we were to, I mean, maybe you need to remove that completely from your life, but maybe you just need to have a healthy relationship to it. And for us to be able to come back and to be people of the book, 
that God could have revealed himself to us in a myriad of ways, but he chose to reveal himself to us through his son and as he's testified in and through his word. And for us, it can look a lot of different ways. We've talked about here before at Dawson that we want to study for depth, that we want to look at smaller portions of scripture and we just want to mine and dig and go down deep and see that it's inexhaustible that we can never get to the bottom of it. But then we've also said, we don't want to just study for depth, but we want to read for breadth. And that we want to be immersed in God's word. And so maybe something that is, could be helpful to you is something that Becca and I hear at the beginning of a new year, something that we've tried to fold into the rhythm of our family. And it might not be for you right now, Maybe it's for you and your roommates. Maybe it's for you and a couple of your close friends. Maybe it's something you don't do every night because it's just super convenient, you know, living in the same house as Becca. And you don't have that with others. But something that we wanted to be able to do is just to be in God's word more together. And so what we did is we bought two copies of like a reader's Bible, which is like a single column, no no chapter numbers, no verse numbers. I mean, it just makes the Bible look like a regular old book, right? And as we go through, and what we've said is the 30 minutes before bed, what we were doing, scroll, 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 just looking and checking. But we said, we're gonna take back some of that time. And what we do, we don't have a big agenda We're not having like a Bible study and with these discussion questions and everything afterwards. But we said, hey, what would it look like for us to delight in God's word together and for us just to read the Bible out loud to each other? And we alternate sections. There's no sort of rhyme or reason of how we'll just read until somebody feels like stopping and then the other one picks up. And we just want to be steeped in God's word. And we don't have to have everything figured out. We don't have to stop every time that we have a question. We don't have to go and have a lot of these really intense study questions. But I'll tell you this just from my personal experience, and hopefully this helps you to be able to delight in God's word more. I found my mind drifting to it more throughout the day. I have found myself relating everything that I'm going through more back to the scriptures in a similar way that I did with the office. Right? Yeah, anybody watch The Office? Is that after y'all's time? Uh, before y'all's time? Okay, right. Okay, some people. There's you're going through there, and like, I mean, there was a time, and we were just watching it all the time, quoting it. I mean, just the office reference for everything, right? But when you are watching it, and when you are so familiar with something, and you are steeped in something, you are able to more freely relate what you are experiencing to that, and to bring that into conversation with what you're going through. And you can enjoy TV. I'm not saying throw out the TV, all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is, could we redeem some of that time back? And could we just be people of the book and getting in God's word and allowing God's word to get into us and that we might be able to more freely relate it to our everyday walk? Because the world wants to conform us. The world wants to squeeze us into its mold, wants us to listen to its counsel to stand and linger in its ways and then to sit and to join in the anti-blessed way. 
But if we are in God's word and allowing it to get into us, I think what we'll find is the blessedness of following in obedience to Christ. That we will not be hearers only, but doers. Or like the verse that, we, that was popped up on the screens when we were singing. That it's the one who hears these words of mine and does them. Is like the wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rains came down and it did not wash away. That we want to be hearers and doers. Those who listen and those who enact. And this whether we're walking in the way of the blessed or walking in the way of the wicked, there's fruit that comes out here in this life and we're gonna, we're gonna blaze through the last part of this psalm together as we consider the last four verses. But we're gonna look at the fruit of the blessed that comes out here and now and then we're gonna look at the end of the blessed and where everything is ultimately going. We see in verse three that the blessed one is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, its leaf, it does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. That when you're living the blessed life, not that the prosperity gospel tries to peddle you, but the blessed life in Christ, that you are like a tree, that you are stable, that you are well watered, planted by streams of water, it's calling back images of Eden and that you are being watered, divine providential care. And it's producing fruit, and it's not withering, but it's flourishing. That outwardly, you might be wasting away, but inwardly, you are being renewed day by day. And that as we're going through prospering, it doesn't mean everything's gonna look like you think or what the world would define as successful, but it means that all things will inevitably work out for your good. And you will get to the place where the worst that could happen, you dying, could actually be seen as gain. That for us who follow Christ, the fruit will look like Galatians 5. Love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness and self-control. But the wicked, they are not so. But rather, it is empty, it's hollow, it's weightless, and it's ever-shifting. It's like chaff a grain of wheat that is crushed and then it's thrown up in the air and the heavy grain of wheat falls back to the ground and the wind drives the chaff away. Easily carried from one place to another, insignificant, weightless. This is what is experienced here in this life for those who walk and stand and sit in the ways of the world. And this is where both are headed. We see the end of the blessed in five and six. Follow along. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. That we just need to be real. That there are two ways to live. The way of the blessed and the way of the wicked. That there are two fruits. That there is a fruit-bearing tree and there is an empty husk that is easily driven here and there and everywhere. And there are two ends. There is life with God forever. Or there is separation from him perishing forever. And there's only one blessed one who has made a way for us to be with him 
forever. One Savior that we can trust today. So I would encourage you students. I encourage you young adults. Do not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Do not stand in the way of sinners. Don't sit in the seat of scoffers. But follow the one who was faithful. And where we're tempted to do all of those things was perfect. And now gives us his very perfection. Who now gives us his very righteousness. Walk in his footsteps. Listen to him in his word. And not just listen, but delight. And meditate on it day and night. Be in his word. And allow his word to get into you. And this is what the blessed life can look like here and now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we don't have to figure out a way to have happiness or lasting pleasure here in this life, that we don't have to go looking in all of these other ways or in these other things or these other people, but God, that we, we can look to you the one who knows us, but more than that, you made us, God. You know how we work. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to find our greatest delight in you, that we would be around you, that we would enjoy you, that we would long for more of you, and that we would tell others about you. And God, for the student here that desires to desire, but isn't really feeling it right now. I pray that you would surround them with those who can help. Surround them with those who can encourage. Surround them with those who can enjoy your presence around them. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would honor their pursuit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Oxano Podcast. If you want more information on the songs that we sing at Oxano, you can find us on Spotify at Oxano Songs We Sing. If you have more questions about what it means to follow Jesus or about next steps in following him, please email us at connect at dawsonchurch.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.